Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, Miss all this bloke's been working very, very hard and paying dividends because they're getting great numbers, huge numbers, record numbers. I'm talking about the man called Adam Peacock, Channel 7 commentator, also working for Code Sport. It's been a busy time for you, Adam. Uh, how are you, mate? Good, Jolly. Yeah, good James. Um, yeah, the numbers are quite obviously all down to um, yeah, just watching me. Nothing to do with mm. the actual athletes out there doing that thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. At least, and, yeah. At least you're on time zone. That must be, must be a nice change. Oh, yeah. All these Europeans <laughs> and Americans whinging about oh, the games being on in the middle of the night. So welcome to our world, yeah. Yeah, Hackers. No, yeah. um, no like, it's, it's bliss watching elite football at 5 o'clock and 8 o'clock in the evening compared to um, 5 o'clock or 4 o'clock in the morning or whatever time the bloody swimmers get up is, uh, <laughs> is damn good fun. Damn good fun. Now, it sounds like you're at Coles or Woolies putting your checkout through the thing, but you're actually walking uh, towards the game, aren't you? No, I'm, I'm walking down Pitt Street, actually. Oh, right. Mm. Big-ass buses. Uh, yeah, there's a cab getting into someone as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> down to the street. No, I'm, I'm walking towards uh, my car so I can drive into the Channel 7 studios before doing the, the game tonight of uh, France-Morocco. So we'll find out who the Matildas are playing. And geez, it was a good night last night. So, um, yeah, another, another beauty ahead. In Brisbane on Saturday. 76,000 or thereabouts at Accor Stadium. 2-0 Matildas win over Denmark. Uh, what were your takeaways, Adam? Just a, a, a very memorable night for Australian sport, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. It was great. And and down at ground level, you, you kind of hear the... You, you feel everyone's nerves and excitement and all those things. But, but watching the game and how they managed a little moment there so well. And, and, and sure, I know you like to think along the abstract line some sometimes to solve a problem. Well, the Matildas actually 17 minutes in. They weren't playing very well at all. They were, they were not handling what Denmark had thrown at them defensively and all of that. So what they did, they, they kind of conjured up a timeout. They, Steph Catley sat on the deck and then they were able to recalibrate with Tony Gustafsson, the coach, and all huddle around him for a minute and just think about how they were going to tweak things tactically. And it worked because after that point, the little number 10 for Denmark Anila Harder, who was destroying us, barely got on the ball with freedom. And then moments later, we take advantage of our big opportunity in the first half through Caitlin Ford. So it was a bit of a masterstroke, that one. Yeah, Caitlin Ford and Hayley Rasso get the goals for Australia. So important. And they get them for the rest of their life. They have those highlights for the rest of their life, a World Cup at home. Sam Kerr plays the final 11 minutes of the match. And we had some texts and calls earlier saying, well, why would you put her on? We had the win pretty much wrapped up. But... My guess is, Adam Peacock, and you'll know better than me, is that they're probably thinking, okay, if she is fit to go, we've got to get her out there because otherwise if we don't, this conjecture or this conspiracy around her is going to increase even more so, which may be a distraction for the next game. Is is that why she came on or am I overthinking things? I reckon it might have been a factor, but I reckon the overriding factor was to just give us a minute yeah. to not make it, her first, they had the opportunity last night to give us some minutes where we were in control as opposed to 
all the pressure being heaped on her. If she's physically right, and she was, they wouldn't have risked her if she wasn't physically right. And she said after the game that she was actually right last week, but they just didn't risk her. But then if they don't use her last night, you look forward, and if she's used against France, say they're 1-0 down, 2-0 down, there's an extra layer of pressure in terms of having to pull something out of the fire on top of being a little bit uncertain still if this calf is going to ping. So I, I can see why they did it, but I can I can see the other point of view of it being a complete risk and unnecessary one as well. So what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. It doesn't matter how you look at it. Um, you, go in that with, in, you go in with that perception already and it's very hard to change. What was the mood at ground level when she went down off the ball untouched? Oh, yeah, a little bit of a, a little bit of a skip of the heartbeat for for everyone. It was actually right in front of me, and I could see it was just purely her boots didn't grip in the turf, and it was pretty slippery by that stage. That you know what, Acor Stadium's like. You know, on a winter's night, it does get a bit slippery as the, the mist and the dew kind of sets on the ground. So that's all that happened. She just didn't set her foot properly, and and one leg gave away, and the other one stayed where it was, and she ended up doing the splits. But um, yeah, she was okay after. it. We'd obviously rather play Morocco in the next round than France, but we did beat France in a friendly. Is there any chance of Morocco causing the upset tonight? Oh, sorry about this. There's a bloody siren going past me. I've got everything to <laughs> And he's going to stop right in front of me, and he's going to start again straight away. Anyway, no, uh, <laughs> one in ten, I'd say. I don't one know what ten. the odds are, yeah. um, but uh, one in ten, yeah. Because this World Cup we've seen, this tournament has thrown up surprise after surprise, so you can't discount it, but they play this game, in my opinion, nine times out of ten in France win. So we'll see what happens with Adelaide tonight. Just on Sam Kerr, and most Australians will know the name Sam Kerr, and probably the whole of our audience will know the name Sam Kerr. But mm. it, it, maybe not know her game so well and her you know, prominence so well. For those rugby league fans, say that Tommy Turbo has the greatest influence on a team as a hypothetical. In our, and maybe it's not him, maybe it's another player, but... Is Sam Kerr to the Matildas identical to, say, a Tommy Turbo to Manly? Is she so far in front of everyone else? Is that how important she is to this team? Yeah. Yeah, verging on. Yeah, probably, because there are other players, say, in a a Manly jumper that can maybe get a few wins out for them, and they've got those role players around that as well. But there's no doubt that Sam Kerr's the main one. I've walked into Sedinkham a disaster zone here. Here comes another one. I don't know what's going on. Sorry. Um, yeah, I'd say Sam Kerr is unbelievably important, but it's going, it's, it showed this tournament for mine about the talent of the ones around her, nearest to her, in terms of Caitlin Ford, Mary Fowler. And keep in mind, Mary Fowler's 20. I can't imagine what she's going to be like in two World Cups' time, when she's going to be 28 and in the prime of her career, which Caitlin Ford and Sam Kerr are. So... I think happily that, yeah, going in, you would have thought absolutely she would have been Andrew John's Newcastle Knights area in terms of importance. Yep. But now I think that's been watered down a bit with the way that they've adjusted without her and it's been a happy surprise. Okay. Well, then if she comes back and starts, and well, first and foremost, do you expect her to start the next game? No. No? no I think they go off the bench. Because mm. you, you're going into a game where it's not 90 minutes guaranteed. It's the possibility of 120 minutes. So she's not going to get 120 minutes. She's not going to play 120 minutes. So where's her most valuable 30 to 60 minutes? And in my opinion, sitting on a bench, even if France are in complete control, 
their team has got in the back of their mind, hang on, they've got the ultimate trump card yep. on the bench. Yep. As opposed to playing her in the first 60, she runs out of gas, and Australia have got a problem at that stage of the game. I'd, I'd rather roll the dice that way. Either way, it's a, you know you could say it's right, you can say it's wrong, but I would go that way, and I've got the feeling they're going to go that way because of the way that the starting eleven has operated with her against Canada and Denmark the last two games. I wonder if it's less about time for her coming on. You know, like, like you just leave her as much as you can on the sideline. If things are going away like it did the other night, that's fine. Keep her there. However, if all of a sudden you're down 1-0 early, you, you also can't let it get away from you. So it's, it's going to be a tricky tricky conundrum for the for the Australians. Uh, who do you see in the final four, Ads? Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw us in there. May as yep. well yep. get on board. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'd say England, but I'm not convinced, and I'm still yet to... Their, their most talented player, Lauren James, got sent off last night. I'm not sure if she's got one or two yet. Definitely got one game, the quarterfinal. Two, oh, opens it up. But Colombia, who play now, I think, um, if they get through, they'll, they'll cause issues for England, but I'll say England still. Other side, I think Spain and Japan play in the other semifinal. Spain and Japan. Okay, mm. so if it's not Australia, because uh, there's a few people here just suggesting that... Right, our ads, can you tip us into someone? And it's not England. You think it's uh, Spain, potentially? Colombia, potentially? Well, little secret for you guys. Mm. Uh, about oh, 14, 15 months ago, I looked at the odds, mm. and Spain were 33 to 1. So the Peacock clan are either going on holiday to Hawaii <laughs> or you minor, depending on the <laughs> result of this Women's World Cup. So don't With be fooled respect, by those who say they have a sure thing. There's always a catch to it. Yeah, that's, a he, that's our <laughs> he-man disclaimer. Yeah, say that again, Ads, please. <laughs> With all due respect to you, Minor, it's yeah. a wonderful yeah. place, and I love the jumping pillow at the big four there. But, <laughs> yeah, um, Hawaii. Okay. Now, just what – you had this sort of expectation going to this from a broadcaster point of view. Are you blown away by the staggering numbers that's attracted? Uh, yes and no, because we love a big event. And, you know, Australia are doing well on a world stage event. I, it, you go back to, remember the Olympics a couple of years ago when uh, we're all in lockdown, sitting there staring at the wall, wondering what to do with ourselves. The Olympics pop up and go, let's get behind this. And then Australia started doing pretty well and it was it just snowballed from there. This is a bit the same. It's, you know, it's, it's an event. We all know what football is. Do we absolutely all love it? Well, that's by the by. But we love this team. We love these personalities. We love this moment. It's women's sport growing all the time. It's fantastic. So, yeah, it's um, it's all kind of congregated in one area, like all these damn sirens at once. <laughs> yeah. Three cop cars now just gone past. Oh, no. Seriously, What's happening? It's I, don't, I, don't, I reckon there's a fire drill or something across the road, or I don't know what's happening. But... Can you follow it and do a live cross? Okay. This could be breaking uh, okay. news. There's, um, there's actually. There's actually someone who's in not a uh, terrific way over over the road, so that's, uh, that's the issue there. But yeah, anyway. Okay, okay. Now, ads. Um, and we wish that person uh, all the best, of course, um, and hopefully they're okay. Hey, ads. Um, you were talking about the time zones and people complaining and whatnot. Now, we have had great success both in attendance and the broadcast numbers, etc. What about hosting a Men's World Cup? I think it's 2036 that they're looking towards. Is it actually... I, I know... We're, yes. We're in the sort of... The moment for now. You know, we're all caught up in the Women's World Cup right now. 
But is it actually fanciful that we would one day host the World Cup in the men's? No, no, I don't think so. FIFA are like just blown away about how good this World Cup is from an organisational point of view. But there is literally nothing that has gone wrong with this. And the, 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 the things that they had on their plate over in Qatar with you know the human rights issues and all of those things, it's not a factor here. So they've just got... They woke up over there with a few headaches each day, but here, none of that. They're just... It's pure enjoyment. They're seeing the enthusiasm for the sport. And I think it's a surprise. Like Whenever you say, say to a European person like me, loving football so much, they go, oh... They say to you, oh, what's your favourite sport? And I go, football. And they go, oh, I like that rugby one. And I go, no, like football, soccer. And they go, oh, okay. And I say, well, it's actually the most played sport in the country. And they're, without doubt, always blown away by the fact that we have so many people playing the game. Now, that's not connected all the way through because we've got other sports and other attentions on the weekends with our big footy codes and cricket and Olympic sports and all of that. But what it's done, this tournament has shown FIFA that, yes, actually, this sport is completely loved down here by a section of society and we can put on a smooth event. The only thing against us is the time zone. Mm. I don't think the Europeans are going to cop to cop it too well if we bring a men's World Cup down here anytime soon. So I think 2026 is in the US, 2030 probably goes to South America. I'd be very surprised if it doesn't. 2034, it's probably due to go back to Europe. And then the Saudis have got deepest deepest pockets in the world, so I don't know how we get a bit mm. in front of them in the Asian Confederation. So it's, we're up against it, but it's not a complete complete miracle if we get one. Okay, there you go, uh, Adam Peacock, mate. You're working hard, and uh, you're in a very very tricky environment at the moment. We mate, we appreciate your time. We know it is <laughs> it is difficult, and we appreciate how much you're doing at the moment. Uh, Channel Seven commentator Code Sports uh, appreciate you joining us on the run home with Joel and Fletch. You know when you walk somewhere and then you're just on the phone, you don't realise where you've ended up? I've done that. I don't know where I am. Thanks, guys. See you, mate.